You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast on this Tuesday. It's great to be with you to talk about the New York Jets. If you enjoy our show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. This is the final episode of Locked On Jets in the year 2019. I make many proclamations like that, and typically the reality is nowhere near as dramatic as it sounds, since, of course, it is New Year's Eve. Uh, the Jets did close up shop yesterday. Yesterday was clean-out day. We'll have Joe Douglas addressing the media today. He is scheduled to address the media today, but Adam Gase and a number of the players uh, spoke to the press yesterday, and there were plenty of interesting points that came out of all of those chats. I think you know the one that drew the most headlines probably a little overstated. Uh, you know, Adam Gase was asked about Le'Veon Bell's status for next season. And Gase really did not give an answer. And according to the people there, it was it was because of the reporter who asked it where Gase did not want to deal with that particular reporter. And Gase did go on to talk about how he and Bell had chatted about goals for next season. Uh, Bell, you know, left a kind of a cryptic uh tweet on social media about some of Gase's comments so that's generating a lot of attention you know it's I think it's one of those things where Gase does himself no favors by you know not just saying yes we want Bell around next year but I think it's probably something that's that's a little bit overblown you know you work in New York you have to deal with reporters you don't like that's part of working in New York and being a coach so it's just it's one of those like little things that Gase should handle better but I'm not sure it deserves the attention it has received. Um, now, Gase also mentioned that he is not considering making any changes to the coaching staff at this time. And you, know, you might note the words at this time as a phrase as a phrase you should keep in mind because you know it does leave himself open to possibly making changes maybe days or weeks down the road. And even though Monday was Black Monday, Black Monday, of course, is the day where, as the, it's the day after the regular season ends, where most changes for head coaches and general managers are made. It's not necessarily the case that all changes are made at that point. And that's especially true for assistant coaches. Sometimes head coaches like to get a few days of distance and really think things through before they make a change. So it's not necessarily a lock that every assistant coach is coming back next season. Now, Jets do not publicize assistant coach contracts, but typically my understanding, and this is just my understanding, is most assistant coaches, when they sign a contract, it's for at least two years, uh, which would mean that most of the Jets, uh, pretty much all the Jets coaches should be under contract for next year. Now, again, the Jets do not publicize assistant coach contracts, so I cannot say that for certain. I think news did leak last year that Greg Williams had signed a three-year contract, so Greg still has two years left on his contract. Um, you know, all this to get to, to the main point. Now, I think, you know, if we're talking special teams, Brant Boyer's unit had a very good year. A very good year for Brant Boyer and the special teams unit. And I, I thought that this year heading into it was a an important year for Brant Boyer because the Jets statistically, you know, by the metrics, were an excellent special teams team in 2018. But I wondered how much of that was just due to two veterans having a career year that they would not be able to replicate. And both of those veterans were gone. And neither of those veterans replicated their career year in 2019. Those, of course, are uh, Jason Myers, who went to Seattle, and Andre Roberts, who went to Buffalo. 
this year the Jets still had an excellent special teams unit. You know, you look at and it, it special teams can be difficult to quantify, but I think if you look at most of the numbers and you know we talked on a show a little while back about the metric Football Outsiders has DVOA, they rank the Jets near the top of the league in special teams. So I think Brent Boyer and his crew on special teams, you know, no question, those guys deserve to come back. You look at the defense, Greg Williams and his guys. Again, no question that they deserve to come back. It just, I can't say enough, so I will not say enough. I'll keep. I'll probably keep going on and on all off season about how good of a job Greg Williams and his defensive coaching staff did this year. Really, I think by any by any measure, by any measure, these guys exceeded what could reasonably be expected. I remember back in training camp, people were talking about. Uh, well, I'm sure Greg Williams has a plan to work around lack of corners, lack of edge rushers, and I'm saying, how do you do that? Well, he figured out a way to do it. A tremendous job by Greg Williams. Now, the offensive side of the ball, that's a different story. This was a bottom-of-the-league offense. So I may surprise you a little bit by, by what I have to say here. Because I don't think it's necessarily the end of the world that the Jets brought back this offensive coaching staff. Because I don't know that you always need to fire the coach to fix your problem. Now, look, I would have made a change at the top. I would have made a change at the top weeks ago. Uh, but sometimes it's it's just as good if you retain personnel as it is to fire it is and that's if the coaches learn from their mistakes you know if the coaches say well geez we stunk this year we need to recalibrate we need to rethink about how how we do things now i don't know whether the jets coaching staff will do that they need to do it because the offense was terrible this year and a lot of the, and a lot of that does fall on not a lot of it also falls on the personnel but they need to change their approach so if these guys are willing to go back and change their approach, then fine. Then I don't have a problem with it. You know, just just firing somebody doesn't necessarily fix the problem, and retaining somebody doesn't necessarily mean that you're doomed to failure. That you're you're doomed no matter what you do. That's not necessarily the case either. So, you know, if these guys go back and figure out what they did wrong and change their approach in some capacity, then I you know I don't have a problem with it. And you know. Frank Pollock is the offensive line coach. He's got a good reputation in this league. Now, nobody can defend the performance of the offensive line this year. And I think Pollock has to take some of the hit. I know the players weren't that great, and I know that they were shuffling guys in, in and out of the lineup. But I think Pollock has to take a little bit of the hit there because it's, it's on some level, I think when when something is that bad, it has to be coaching. But you know, I actually would have had a problem, and I, I've mentioned this on the show too, I would have had a problem if Frank Pollock was the only guy who got fired because... I don't think you can pin this all on Frank Pollock. And to me, like firing him and nobody else probably would have made him scapegoat. Yeah, and he, yeah, he probably would have deserved it. You know, it probably would have been justified if the if they had let him go. But I don't think it would have been fair because you know if he's the you know if he's the only guy that's going, that's you're essentially saying that's all his fault. So I'm kind of pleased that they did not just make Frank Pollock the offensive line coach the scapegoat because you know, you know if it's all if it's on coaching then. Frank Pollock's not the only coach who had a bad season. And having a bad season doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be terrible for the rest of time. Now, part of it is you have to do the work in the offseason. You have to figure out, you have to be adaptable, you have to be intellectually curious and figure out what you did wrong. And that's going to be an important component of success in 2019. And yeah, look, I would have made a change at the top. I would have made a change at the offensive coordinator spot. Uh, Certainly Dowell Loggins. You know, it, the thing I the thing I say is like, if the Jets were like the thirty first or thirty second defense in the league, I don't think Greg Williams would still be here. They were the thirty first or thirty second best special teams unit in the league. I don't think Brant Boyer would be here, but I don't think that you know necessarily firing everybody will fix all of the problems. 
And I think there are, and I've seen situations in the past where coaches improve after a bad year. So I think that's what you have to hope for right now for, for the Jets. I don't think it's necessarily the end of the world, but I do think there's a lot of work ahead for this coaching staff, especially on the offensive side of the football. Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation, and it has teamed up with LeBron James to help train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can do the best to help train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. For LeBron James, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. He says getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and my mind. And if you head on over to calm.com, C-A-L-M.com, slash locked on, one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, you get 40% off a Calm premium membership. With Calm, you have access to nature scenes LeBron loves, like rains or leaves, and so much more with sleep stories and meditations. Uh, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron and Calm with a 40% discount for an annual membership on Calm.com. On Calm, using Calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at com.com slash locked on. That's C A L M dot com slash L O C K E D O N. I will tell you that I personally have used this app uh, about a year ago. I was having trouble s- sleeping one night, so I downloaded it. And you know, full disclosure, I they have a free trial, you know, like one of those free trials that's risk free. And so I signed up for it and I meant to cancel it and I forgot to cancel it. And it actually was really good. It, they, like I said, they have like stories that you can listen to as you're about to go to sleep. It, they have. Uh, soothing background noises. It's a really good app. Like I, I personally use this app, and I think it's really good. And I, you know, I will tell you, like there are moments where I have a lot of anxiety in my life, and it's the type of thing that just like kind of helps me center myself and get through that. Um, so, as I said, if you go to com.com/slash/lockdown, you get a forty percent discount, and you know, th- uh, this is a really good app. Uh, this was the one that. I, I don't tell you that I use it unless I, I don't tell you that I use a product on this podcast unless I personally do. I do use the Calm app and it's been very helpful to me. So calm.com slash locked on for a 40% discount. The Locked On Jets podcast here on a Tuesday. It's the day after the Jets cleaned out their lockers as the 2019 season has come to an end. It is our final show of the not only the year, the decade, because tomorrow it will be a new decade, unless you're one of those folks who tries to tell us that the decade starts in the year ending in one, and in which case I'm just I'm not going to engage with you. you I'm never going to convince you of anything. But anyway, we're talking about some of the things that came out as the coaches and players, many of the key guys, spoke to the press yesterday. And Robbie Anderson had a couple things to say. Robbie, of course, is set to become a free agent this offseason, and he suggested that he's not willing to take a hometown discount for the Jets, which, you know, got a lot of attention. And I, I don't think it should have gotten a lot of attention because I think it's kind of obvious most players are not going to take a hometown discount. Most players aren't going to tell you that they're going to take a hometown discount. And I've even seen I've seen players take a home say that they would and then once free agency comes, they don't. So it's a pretty meaningless <laughs> when you talk about the player talking about a hometown discount before free agency even starts, it's kind of pointless. You know, it's about the contract you actually sign. But he did mention something else that actually is a little bit more notable. And he, he suggested it would not really be logical to re-sign before hitting the open market. And look, if I'm Robbie, I'd do the same thing. He made it this far. Might as well see what the offers are. Now, from a Jets standpoint, that's not as great because until the new league year starts, or actually a couple days before the new league year starts because they have the legal tampering period where you're allowed to start negotiating free agent deals. But until that starts, the Jets have a 
couple, for a couple of months, over, over two months, have an exclusive negotiating window with Robbie where they would be the only team that could talk with about him with a new contract. And you know, if you look at the list of free agents to be in this league, a lot of them are not going to actually make it to free agency because they are going to re-sign with their team between now and them, that now and then. So the fact Robbie's not, it sounds like he's not willing to even talk with the Jets probably suggests that it's less likely that he'll stay. And that's, you know, that's kind of unfortunate for the Jets because this is not a, you know, and I, look, I don't blame Robbie because you look at this this group of receivers, Robbie's going to be one of the best guys to hit the open market. He's going to make a huge payday. In fact, he is like almost, he, he's one of the guys who profiles to get a horrible contract, a contract the team signs that's just way too much money. And I'm, I don't think it's going to be the Jets. I think if, I think we've reached a point where if there was a deal to be done, it probably would have, would have happened already. And I would listen. I'd like to see Robbie come back. I'm kind of at the same point I was with Quincy and Nunua a year ago, and I think Robbie's better than Robbie's better now than Nunua was a year ago. Where I just don't want to see the group of pass catchers around Sam Darnold weekend, and I do think that he and Robbie have developed a degree of chemistry. But he, Robbie's just not. You can't pay. $15 million if that's what it's going to take on the open market. And I'm starting to feel like that's what it's going to take because free agency is when, and I'll just say it, the Mike McCagnans of the world give out crazy contracts. And I think the receiver market, receivers typically get a ton of money. You know, you look at some of the deals that are done with for receivers, that's, a, that's one of those positions where in free agency, there's just stupid money that's given out. Just just really dumb money is given out to guys who who should not be getting it. And listen, this is what Rob is. Robbie has a chance to set himself up for life financially. I don't begrudge him for doing it. I would do the, the same thing in his situation, but I don't think it would be prudent for the Jets to you know, go beyond $12 million a year. I think that and even then I'm not loving it, but I, under, I understand why you're doing it because you don't want to weaken the group of pass catchers around Sam Darnold, but it's a weak year free, free agent wise at the wide receiver position. And that's one of those things that, and it makes it tougher. It makes it hurt a little bit more to lose a guy like a Robbie because there are not as many options. Although it's a great draft year, depending on who you talk to, it's, it's a great draft year for receivers. It's just, there's not a great free agent class and some of the guys are going to come off the board, but Robbie's not going to be one of them. So the Jets may have to work around losing Robbie. And listen, I'd love for the market to fall out on Robbie. I'd love to, for the Jets to get him back on a reasonable deal once the uh, free agency period opens. But I think Robbie very smartly and very fairly is going to take his talents to the open market and probably settle on the team that bids the highest. And if it's a, you know, if it's, if it's an open bidding war, I don't think that the Jets should be the winner because I think it's, we're going to get to outrageous numbers there. And look, Robbie is a guy who has value. Anybody who can get open deep, anybody who can, you know, Robbie can wreck games. He's a, he's a guy who can take over a game. He's a guy who you can pencil in for probably about 700 to 800 yards, but he's not going to do it like 50 yards a game, 50 yards a game across the board. He's going to throw up a couple 120-yard games where he just totally takes it over. He's a you know high variability player where, as I say frequently, he's the kind of guy who four to five games a year is going to look like a number one receiver for your football team. So I'd like to keep him, but I think that there's a price for that. There, there are many games where he's just a non-factor, and that's due to you know his style. He's not a complete receiver. He's a guy who you know, does one or two things well, and he does one those one those one one or two things are very valuable. Uh, but it's not worth the kind of premium money that 
players like him command on the free agent market. So I would have liked to have seen the Jets get something done last offseason. I think the, the longer this goes, the less likely it is we see Robbie stay in green and white. And the fact that it sounds like he's not even willing to discuss a new contract until he hits the open market is probably a ominous sign for the Jets' ability to keep him in free agency. Locked on Jets podcast here on this Tuesday, New Year's Eve, the day after the Jets cleaned out their lockers, talking about some of the key points that came out of the media yesterday. Uh, Quincy Inunua spoke with the press. He he revealed that he has spinal stenosis, and he indicated he is looking to return to the football team in the year 2020. And I think, you know, if you're the Jets, the way you just have to approach this is you have to view it as... If Inunua gives you anything, you hope, and you hope he can. If he gives you anything, you have to view it as a bonus. I think we're, we've reached a point where you cannot count on uh, Quincy to produce anything. I think you have to just have to view it that anything would be a bonus. It'll be he's an interesting cap case because the Jets could cut him, but he'd have five point four million dollars of dead money, and the Jets would only save two point four million dollars. So. You know, it may be worth it if you don't think you can play. It may not be worth it though if you you know if you don't just if you don't just think the savings are enough. It was a really you know I did not have a problem with the keeping him for the same the same reasons I mentioned with Robbie Anderson is I did not want to see the Jets weaken the group of cast catchers around Sam Darnold. Now of course Quincy only played one game, so you know, show, shows you how little they got out of him. But you know, I look back on that. I don't understand the st- structure of this deal Mike McCagnan negotiated. I found, found it a very oddly structured deal. I mean, for a player like Quincy Inunua, who really has had, had one, his one season over, in his career over 500 yards. So I don't understand why they could not have had a out after one year of this contract. But, you know, what's done is done. That's, uh, I guess that's Mike McCagnan for you. And you look at what Quincy brings to the table. Now, Quincy has essentially been on the team since 2015. Now, he was drafted in 2014, but he spent most of that year except the final game on the practice squad. So 2015 was really his first year of full-time action with the Jets. I mean, the 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 games played total kind of says it all. In five years, he's played 41 games. That's not a lot. I mean, that's... That's like two and a half. It's roughly two and a half seasons worth. So he's, I mean, he's missed roughly half of the games in his career. You know, part of that was due to a suspension he had, but lots of injuries. You know, v- very banged up. And you know, it's it's too bad because I actually do think Quincy has some talent. And I think that in the right offense, right system, with the right coaching, and you know, Chan Gailey really understood how to utilize him as kind of more of a hybrid player than a conventional receiver. I think he could be a useful role player, but it just it, it's a case where you wonder whether his body can hold up. This year, of course, he only played one game, had one catch for negative four yards. So this will not go down as the banner year. 2019 will not go down as the greatest year in the career of Quincy Inunua. Um, and, you know, for uh, on a human level, you just hope the guy can get back on the field and start doing what he loves again. You just hope that he can, you know, he can have some degree, that he, he's allowed to at least leave the league on his terms, even if this career is not going to turn into a spectacular career. I'd like to see him, see him get back on the field on his terms and just figure out a way to somehow produce for the Jets. But, you know, I think at this point your hopes cannot be high on that, and this is not a guy the Jets can count on going forward. This is a guy who, if you get something out of him, that's great, but he's not a guy you're, you are leaning on to p- produce a whole lot. 
that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening, and thank you for listening throughout the year and yeah, throughout the decade. Um, we'll be off tomorrow for New Year's Day, but we will be back Thursday. Hope you have a wonderful New Year's Eve. If you are drinking, do not drive. Have a designated driver. Use get a cab. Use Uber. Use Lyft. Do not get on. Do not get behind the wheel of a car if you are drinking tonight. But have a wonderful New Year, and we will chat again later this week.